Sports Radio 1043 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. All right, we are back, and let's go right to the phones. We've been talking a lot about ISE, and the gentleman that's going to join us now not only joins us every week on the show, is one of our most knowledgeable and favorite contributors on just a number of subjects, but he's going to be a, a great part of the ISE show, and I'll bet he's uh, been kind of watching the water for some fishing right now, too. Good morning, Nate. Good morning, Terry. How are you today? You know, I'm doing great. You know, you sh- you're going to have to get in line because even Jimmy Houston took a shot at me today. <laughs> That's perfect. I like that. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about how important casting is, and you're going to be in the casting contest, too, you know? And... And, oh, I and, know. And, I'm. Uh, I, I feel like I'm a little outnumbered here. Well, well and, and J- Jimmy and I were talking about the old tournament days and how you'd have to practice like flipping a jig into a coffee cup and stuff to perfect your casting when you weren't on the water. And he said I probably used a minnow bucket. <laughs> <laughs> now, to your defense, Terry, I would like to say that even though you had your start with bass. You've evolved into quite the accomplished walleye angler, and then I feel that you are with me in this casting competition. And I mean, let's be honest: if I cast off the you know one side of my boat and hit the water and attach my planer board, I'm in business. So I feel that possibly the bass side versus the walleye side in a casting competition isn't exactly the uh, the appropriate competition, but but I'm gonna I'm gonna give it all I got and go for it. You know why not? It's all in fun and and if you just <laughs> and if we get lucky, it's bragging rights, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's it, right? I mean, if, if I if I can score half as well as Jimmy Houston, I mean, you gotta say that and put that under your belt for life. You know? Oh, he's he's an incredible caster. I can verify. For that. <laughs> I know he is really good. <laughs> I know it. So tell me what's going on out there. It's a beautiful sunny day. They're probably sitting on the beach, right? <laughs> Exactly. You cannot even question the concept of ice fishing on days like this, and we love to see it, Terry. Um, you know, we, we keep talking about front-range ice and talking about cold and when it's coming. Um, and it, honestly, Terry, we are excited. This is uh, this is the cold front that we needed uh, to provide a lot of fishable conditions all across the state of Colorado. Um, you know, we were driving around this week, and we're excited because right now for ice addiction for our tournament series, we now have ice on all four uh, locations of the series, so we're excited about that. And with that, we are now building that ice uh so it's great we're going to have a little bit of snow on the ice which is good and bad we we love to see a little snow to protect it when we get those hot days um it's also going to slow down the build a little bit but you know right now we have cherry creek caps um it's building ice there are anglers fishing it it's one of those things you have to use caution on it's very changing conditions uh, but we have ice now you know like the north boat dock Chatfield's frozen, the south end of Chatfield's frozen. Um, so, again, we are seeing front-range ice. Anglers are, you know, approaching that ice. But more than anything, this really locked up the high country, so we're really excited about that. So, more than anything, this really just kind of put the, the final touches uh, on making sure that we have a lot of fishable ice here in Colorado. So, we love this weather uh, just as the ice season has going and this really locks it in for for the future of the season right now well one of the things i want to tell people is you know we've had unmolested fish for quite a while on a lot of lakes because <laughs> because the ice was questionable and you couldn't get out so those fish are going to be a lot more susceptible to being caught the oxygen levels are still good but i think you hit on it too that just be 
extremely cautious. Check as you go. There's probably a lot of areas that are ice. There's no such thing as safe ice, but if you use common sense, ice fishing can be saved. And at this time of the year, take that spud bar out. Don't go zooming across the ice. When you get to spots, fish them thoroughly. When you get ready to move, check the ice. You can have some really great trips right now. Just be careful. Absolutely. I mean, that's it. You know, use caution. I mean, if you're listening to this in your car, you are probably at far more risk of danger in your car right now on these snowy roads than you'll ever be on the ice here in Colorado. So we'll put it that way. So, again, but use your head, be smart, carry the spud bar, you know, have the float suit, all those type things, uh, and you're going to have a great day on the ice. But, again, uh, with this cold front, whatever is, is you know, questionable in the front range right now, I think it's going to get better and better. So I do think within the next five days we're going to see a lot of anglers on the front range ice. Uh, you know, so we keep talking about walleye fishing and things like that. I think you're really going to see uh, what I think is going to be a banner year for walleye in the front range just because we talked about the last couple of weeks, just the lineup of the conditions and the food source. Uh, but what I want to talk about today on the show, just as anglers aren't approaching walleyes on the ice or really targeting anything, I want to talk about your location at which you're going to fish. Because, um, again, I, I've had this conversation via email, text, phone calls, social media stuff, really in the last 10 days. And I, I, I hate to call ice anglers lazy, uh, but it's one of those things that I don't think we move around enough. And when you're approaching your spot, so many of us drill a hole, or maybe we drill a couple of holes, and we find the depth that we're looking for. And the second we find that depth, we call it good. We're like, hey, I was looking for 15 foot. Here's 15 foot. Let's sit down. Let's set up shop, and let's stay. Um, you know, we do that, and sometimes we're lucky, and sometimes we catch a few fish. But the thing to really increase your success rate, to catch more fish, to catch bigger fish, I want anglers to really think about where they're fishing. I want them to examine it. I want them to know exactly what is underneath them. And this is really going to come true with things like walleye, things like lake trout. When you pull up on a spot and you're fishing a ledge or a rock bed or a hump, you know, are you 10 feet from the edge of that hump? Are you right on that edge? Where are you at in that structure? Because so many of us get close but we're not perfect. And close catches you a couple fish, but not a lot of fish, not that fish of a lifetime. So with that being said, I want to talk about, you know, again, whether you're using a handheld GPS, you transferred your graphs from your boat, using paper, you know, lining up objects, whatever your, your concept of how you're getting to your spot is, when you get there, drill enough holes to where you know what is happening, to where you know, hey, eight, ten feet over to the side, is that drop off so i want to make sure i sit on this particular spot where i'm right on the edge but all the fish can see me that are on the hump um you know same type of thing with the weed line so many times we drill a hole and we think we're perfect and you didn't realize that two three feet to the side of you are weeds that are taller and they're blocking the view of your presentation and fish don't see it so more than anything i think really as we approach the walleye season that's kind of you know sparked this this conversation but just i've had so many conversations with anglers um and again we get close as ice anglers but we're not perfect when we're on our boat you never take a repetitive cast after cast to the same spot. You cast around. You work the whole piece of structure. But yet, all of a sudden, the ice comes around. The whole world gets pushed down you know, an 8-inch, 10-inch hole, and we tend to stay there. We try to make the fish work for us. 
cater to the fish. Line yourself up perfectly because, again, your presentation is vertical. Now, you're not covering water as much as you would in open water. You know, really make sure that things are dialed in. Make sure that your spot-on-spot location is, is right and that's going to lead you to catching more fish, catching bigger fish. Again, cater to the fish. Make it easy on them. Make sure they can see your presentation, and that's how you're going to have a more successful day on the ice. I couldn't agree with you more, Nate, and I want to make a couple points along with that. A lot of times um, when I'm lake trout fishing or, or even any kind of fish, they could be panfish or trout or walleyes, um, when I find that area, you know, with today's mapping, I can tell you about a time that I went out on Dowdy, which is just a— stock full of i knew where there was one rock on my gps i set up at that rock and i outfished everybody in the area because they were 10 feet away they weren't near that rock but with today's mapping you can find those humps so much easier and find those drop-offs so much easier i always like to drill uh, maybe five 10 to 12 holes just to start and to keep drilling and the reason is you mentioned define that structure where is that drop-off but then two other things happen. One is a lot of times when I first drill a hole, I'll drop a, a depth finder in there and maybe carry a spoon that I'll drop in there. Sometimes that activity will, will, will bring fish in to what, what's going on, the noise. Sometimes it's just the opposite, and I want to drill those holes ahead of time and let them set so if those walleyes start feeding, I'm not drilling above them. How do you approach those situations? Yeah, same type thing. I number one, I, I do always have the consideration of spooking fish while I'm drilling. Um, so with that being said, I always think about my windows of opportunity. Hey, when do I think these fish are going to approach? So a lot of times I get on the ice early to, to where I'm drilling those holes before I anticipate my, myself catching those fish and or whenever that interaction between predator prey and actually happens. So number one, yes, and especially the more holes I have to drill, the, the earlier I want to be there just where I don't blow out those fish. Because there's times in shallow water and times with real educated, mature fish that you do that. Like yesterday I was lake trout fishing. You know, I wasn't anticipating the, the fish to bite until, you know, the sun came up and it was fairly light. I was there a half hour, 45 minutes before light, drilling out all my structure to make sure I could drop everything and figure out the right spot. So, number one, always think about when you anticipate that bite happening. Give you I lost you there, Nate. You there? I don't care how many holes you have to drill. Knowing the spot is more important than asking the fish to come a distance to you. So I would rather drill 50 holes, possibly spook fish, to find the precise location rather than drill a couple holes and think that I am close. Because again, that spot on spot situation is key. Now, I, I remember a time that I fished with you on a boat and you know you didn't quite understand the structure. You know, you weren't making that precision cast and it cost you a lot of fish. Yeah. The uh -huh. type thing yeah. transfers to the ice. Yeah. Uh, you know, we need to explain that. that we need to explain that situation a little bit. He's trying to be cute. Him and I were on Chatfield, and he had been guiding and out there. I hadn't been on Chatfield for a while. We were fishing together. We were actually filming a television show, I believe. And he would pull up the boat, and he always stood in one spot in the boat, and I stood on the other. And if you cast right out from where he stood, every time we stopped, the first cast, he'd be on fish because he knew exactly the humps he was casting to. So finally I caught on to him. He pulled the boat up, and I immediately went to where he normally stands and started catching fish. That was the <laughs> ultimate front-ending job, my friend. <laughs> but, you know, you think about it, and you think about those situations. When you make that cast on a boat, 
you know, if you make two, three casts to a dead zone and don't catch fish, you don't do that. And when you do catch a fish, you repetitively fish that. And the same thing goes to the ice. Again, I, I see it because I watch it every day. I ice fish every day, and I watch anglers, you know, trudge out 100 yards. Sometimes they walk a mile. They drill a hole, and they set up their hub shelter, and they make camp. You know, and again, I, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, are they that good to where their GPS is that flawless, where they can walk up and they can confidently have that spot? Um, you know, and if it is that anger and they do have that ability, I'm thinking to myself, man, good for them. I, I, I'm, I'm jealous of that. But so many times they're just on that whim, you know, whether it's hard to drill holes or, you know, you're just tired or whatever the case may be. The anglers that are willing to find that flawless spot, again, if it takes drilling 50 holes, do it. Because, um, again, the, the more and closer you are to those concepts, the more fish you're going to catch. And, again, it's all the little things like that that carry you further. The anglers who catch a few fish versus a lot of fish, catch decent fish to big fish. It's those small techniques. Everybody thinks that there's a trick to fishing, carry, and I hear this all the time. Everybody wants the magic lure, and they want the, the secret of, of whatever it may be, the secret sauce that helps you catch fish, when in reality, it's the small details that really are the secrets to fishing. And so many times, you know, I could use the same bait in a million kinds. I have the wrong color, the wrong presentation, but if I'm in the right zone, I'm where fish are actively feeding. I am going to catch those fish more and better than anybody else because it's about that right spot. I think if you asked a poll of 100 top anglers, everybody is going to say that that zone is such a crucial piece of the puzzle. And on ice fishing, I think it's overlooked. That's why I wanted to talk about that today, too, is, again, if you're in the right spot and that spot's flawless and you have more fish coming in, those fish are actively feeding, that's going to lead to a more successful day on the ice than having the, the magic lure in the wrong spot. All right, my friend, we are out of time. People want more information. How do they get a hold of you? Absolutely. You can go to our Tightline Outdoors website as well as our doors on the social media outlets. We're excited. We have ISE coming up. We have a ton of stuff there. We have our ice tournament starting on January 18th. Uh, we have ice everywhere. Obviously, we're guiding trips on the ice daily. Uh, we're getting ready to do a lot of cool stuff on our social media outlets. We're going to do a live feed on, uh, I believe, Monday night talking about nothing but Colorado fishing. So make sure everybody stays tuned to that. And again, watch our social outlets because we have a lot of cool stuff coming up over the next couple of weeks. All right, my friend, we'll talk to you next week. Talk to you soon. All right, Nate Zielinski. We're going to take a quick time out. We come back. We're going to be uh, we're going to be joined by uh, a very prominent bass angler and a very prominent manufacturer of fishing lure on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on one hundred four three The Fan. <laughs> You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. We are going to go right back to the phones. We've been talking a lot about the International Sportsman's Exposition. And uh, joining me, uh, a a longtime friend, uh, just been in the fishing industry forever. He's uh, with... uh, an expert in the manufacturing and selection of tackle, and with casking, that's Al Norker. Good morning, Al. Hey, Jerry. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well, and uh, I'm I be, I'm doing better right now because I'm not out on the roads. <laughs> I know, but you're not on the ice either. Well, but that that'll come. We'll let the we'll let the roads settle down. And we're talking, Al, about ISE and all the things we have going on down there. Uh, Cass King is going to have a booth at ISE, and in conjunction with that, you're bringing in some of your pro staff, 
And we have uh, a setup at ISC that started last year called the Experts Corner. And your couple of your pros are going to be spending time there. And I believe you have one of them here now. Would you like to introduce him, please? I sure would. Yeah, we've got a lot going on this year again at the ISC, one of our favorite events every year. Of course, we do have a booth, but we're also sponsoring the big casting bond and casting contest and bringing in some of our uh, top-notch pros. It'll be at the Experts Corner. And the first one we brought along today is a good friend of mine, uh, one of the top MLF Fast Pro Tour anglers. This is Cliff Crochet, the Cajun baby down from Louisiana. Good morning, Cliff. Good morning. How y'all doing? We're doing great, and there's no, 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 not denying that accent. When you come on, when I fish down in, down in, I, I, I'm going to say New Orleans, just we're probably going to say Nolans, but yeah, there's, you can tell where you're from, and it, I, I, it's good to hear you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I, uh, I guess the accent comes with it. I, uh, you just got I guess you got to love it, huh? Yeah, well, I've, I, a lot of great fishermen come from that area, and you're, I mean, you've, uh, I know. I know that uh, Al was talking a little bit, but you are several-time qualifier for the Bassmaster Classic. You're fishing the MLF circuit. Um, very accomplished bass angler. Al, talk a little bit about what Cliff's going to be doing at the show. Absolutely. Well, you know, we're really proud to have Cliff on Team Cast King for 2020. And, of course, he'll be uh, starting his first events right around that first part of February on the MLF Bass Pro Tour. But... At ISC this year, he's going to spend a bunch of time, both Friday and Saturday, in the casting booth. He'll be signing autographs, talking about different techniques, showing the equipment that he'll be using this year. But he'll also be partnering up with uh, Clay Roberts uh, in the conventional versus fly casting contest this year. Now, you might remember that last year we had one of our other uh, MLF pros, and that's Brett Chapman. Uh, him and Clay actually won the competition last year. And uh, so I challenged Cliff. He's got big shoes to fill there, but uh, we think he can get it done. And I know he's got some stiff competition with uh, Jimmy Houston and a lot of the other guys that will be there this year. But he'll certainly uh, give it his best effort. But I think the most uh, fun people will have is just spend a few minutes with, with Cliff in the uh, Cast King booth or uh, over at the Experts Corner with you there also, Terry. He's going to answer any questions you want talk about techniques that might uh, be more suited for his power fishing techniques down in the south southeast but a lot of that will relate to how anglers uh, fish up here as well you know cliff i want to you know that you're going to be in the casting contest and at the experts corner you're going to be talking about power fishing and we've actually talked quite a bit about power fishing on the show over the last couple of years um, jimmy houston and i were talking earlier today that it used to be back in the 70s when we were fishing that if you caught a limit of fish and a kicker, you could be pretty high up in the tournament. Nowadays, you got to catch a limit of big fish, and power fishing really plays into that, doesn't it? Yeah, power fishing is uh, power fishing is my favorite way to do it. You get to you get to cover a lot of water. You get to fish heavy cover. Uh, for the most part, big line, big rods. And when when you when you throw all that in together, being efficient, covering water, heavy tackle, heavy cover, that that all that equation, most of the time, you know, equals big fish. And uh, you talk about Jimmy Houston and, and going back to the seventies. It's cool how we've fishing 
fishermen have made other fishermen better, and to watch the whole thing evolve is cool. But yeah, that, that the deal now, or for my old times, always been catching big ones, catching a lot and catching big ones, and power fishing is 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 perfect for for that. Well, and you know, one of the things being with Cast King, and they're going to have their booth there, and being sponsored by them, any technique you need good equipment, but power fishing. The equipment probably really comes into play that you really do need the right rods and reels, don't you? Yeah, you need the good, you need the, the right rods and reels. But another thing that you need to do, and casting has done a good job of this, is having uh, specific equipment, the right gear ratio, the right rod lengths, the right rod axis, the right line sizes. It all, it's all, it all plays a part in putting the, the puzzle together. You know, it's all pieces of the puzzle. So. Just to give you a quick example, if I want to throw a half-ounce spinnerbait, cover a lot of water, you know, I want to go up to a seven-foot ride, maybe a medium-heavy, and an eight-to-one gear ratio on the Bassin 80 Elite, which is my favorite Cash King reel. Uh, but you put all those pieces together, the right techniques with the right equipment, piece it together, and that's, that's how you, be, you get to be fishing at it. And put more fish in the boat instead of having them come off, you know, the one that got away. With the right tools, you get to put them in the boat. Well, and you're you're absolutely right. And the way the rods and reels have evolved, and Cast King's a great example of that. Um, the little subtle differences on the tour anymore. You know, it used to be there were a handful of guys that maybe had just a little more fishing knowledge than everybody else. But there are so many accomplished anglers. You need every little edge you can get, don't you? Every little edge helps. Uh, you know, equipment is key. Uh, Knowledge is key. I think that the little thing that helps is uh, is technique. As, as with every sport, technique helps. You know, and I in our in our sport, cast is a real big deal. Casting accuracy, and I think being able to cast with both hands is a big deal. It uh, fishing is a real cool sport because as, as simple as it is, you can make it as complex as you want. It's a it's a real fun game. I I, I just can't get enough of it. Well, you'll be there to talk to people about it. You'll be at not only at the casting booth and the casting contest, but you will be at the experts' corner. Uh, people check the schedule. I believe you're there on Friday. We want we want to encourage people. And for folks that don't know, the the concept of the experts' corner is we do demos at the tank in front of large audiences. The experts' corner is set up so that you know, one, two, three, maybe a half dozen people can come up and talk more one-on-one -on -one and get those little tips and handle the equipment and have you give them those personal personal tips. It's been a huge success, and I think people will look forward to coming up and meeting you and getting those tips, Cliff. Yeah, one of the, uh, you know, I enjoy fishing. I'm, I'm fortunate enough to fish, all, fish tournaments all across the country, but one part that I really like about my job is, is working sports shows and meeting people. And, and talking fishing, yeah, I start talking fast, I start talking loud, my hands get to moving, I start sweating. We start with fishing, next thing you know, we're talking football, go Tigers this afternoon. Uh, and I, I just enjoy shooting the breeze, hanging out. So, yeah, I hope I hope people come out, and uh, I just enjoy hanging out. I don't know if that, I'll, I'll keep out on the phone for hours sometimes, just hanging out, talking fishing. I uh I just enjoy hanging out with people. Well, we're looking forward to having you there. I'm looking forward to meeting you in person and getting you in our experts corner and and, and good luck in the casting contest, Al. Uh, I know you got some other pros we're going to talk to in upcoming shows, but you got a great lineup. Thanks for bringing Cliff on with us today. Yeah, it's my pleasure, and it, it's really a pleasure to have uh, Cliff on board. And I guarantee you, folks, when you're at the ISC, make a make a point, stop by Cat King booth or the. Uh, 
Excellence Corner. Spend a few minutes with Cliff Crochet. It'll be the most fun you'll ever have without a fishing rod in your hand, I promise you. All right, my friends, you enjoy the rest of the day. We'll talk to you both very soon. Thanks, Jerry. See you soon, Cliff. All right, thanks, Cliff. Thanks, thanks for having me. Thanks, Al. All right, we're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, one of our favorite people in the world is going to join us, and that's J.R. from Colorado Clays on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan, and I am going to give away a four-pack of tickets to the International Sportsman's Exposition. Now, if you followed Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook, you would know that Karen posts what's called our 20 years plus of trivia as we go into our 23rd year of the radio show. She posted this week that um, occasionally this show has been preempted for a major sporting event, but only once, one situation, resulted in the show not broadcasting for two consecutive Saturdays. What caused the show to not be broadcast for two consecutive Saturdays? First one to text that to 303-713-1043 gets a four-pack of tickets to the International Sportsman's Exposition. Now, let's go right to the phones. And um, you know what, Jr. A lot of these people are like you because I waited till the last minute to say text, and I see the phone lines are lighting up, so they, they tried to jump the gun. Right. Well, that's what happens, Terry. <laughs> uh, but anyway, good to talk to you, my friend. I would think that probably Colorado Clays is getting a little snow, and you guys have hunkered down a little today. Well, so, Terry, as always, uh, we are an outdoor facility, and safety is job one. So when it gets unsafe to be shooting, we have to pull the plug on it. But, of course, as always, we're a year-round place, so we're going to try and be here tomorrow and uh, offer what we offer to everyone. So, so what are the advantages of being a year-round place? Why would I head out to Colorado Clays over the next week or two? Well, Terry, you know what, Terry? Let me take uh, one moment here. Um, first of all, from all of us who listened to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors this past year, um, I'd like to thank you, um, for you and Karen, for bringing us the most current outdoor information, hosting the finest guests, and providing us the most entertaining outdoor show anywhere, Terry. So as much trouble as I give you, I want to get that out of the way because we do appreciate you. Now I'm going to have to be nice to you. Yep, yep, straighten up. Now, <laughs> you know, Terry, on that note, and, I, you know, really, uh, you bring up a good point, and there's a lot to be said about that. So a lot of reasons to come to Colorado Clays during the holiday season. And, of course, the main reason is always the fact that Colorado Clays is and has been for the last 23 years Colorado's premier public shooting facility. We feature the very finest in rifle, pistol, trap, skeet, wobble trap, and sporting clays shooting opportunities. Now, this time of year, we do see many of our customers uh, bringing those new guns they got for Christmas and bringing them to Colorado Clays to enjoy some time on our ranges with that nice new firearm. And, you know, Terry, what makes Colorado Clays such a great place to start with a new firearm is the fact that you can learn the new gun a step at a time. So, for example, if you got a shotgun, 
um, you can start out at our pattern board to make sure you're hitting um, where you are aiming. Uh, then maybe move on to our training trap for a few shots to confirm those results, and then move on to traps, skeets, sporting clays, or whatever game you want. So very, very good tool there. Uh, for pistols, uh, our 25-yard ranges have a target return system, and that allows you to start at any distance you want and with the simple push of a switch, move your target to any distance out to that 25-yard mark. So you can uh, start out uh, skill-appropriate and learn your gun and move out from there. And, of course, our rifle lanes have that 50-yard intermediate target, and that's just to get you on paper, get you hitting. And then, of course, that 100-yard um, video viewing system, that allows you real-time sight in with no spotting equipment required. So you can actually take your shot, look at your monitor, see where you were, dial it in, and uh, you know, get right on paper and really enjoy that new gun. And you know, just quickly, Terry, a couple other reasons to come out. Maybe just to use that gift card that you were given for Christmas. Uh, a lot of those went out this year, so come on out and use that. Possibly purchase a gift card or uh, some Colorado Clays gear if you are a late shopper, as I think you may be, and I know I am. Um, lots of families and friends, they come out here to Colorado Clays as a holiday tradition. And uh, while they're in town, um, take advantage of the fact that Colorado Clays is here year-round. And there's really the best part about Colorado Clays on this year-round thing is we're available with no reservation or membership required. And with our location just north of DIA, Terry, we are just a short drive from anywhere in the metro area and really Colorado's front range. You know, I, I got to make a couple of quick comments. So, you know, I tease you a lot and all that, but I, I couldn't be involved with more quality people than you guys, the whole crew out there. We've just, you know, developed a relationship that even when we're away from the show, we text and talk to each other. And, and we know that it's when I'm, I'm never hesitant to send people out there, even if it's just to look around. You don't have to go out there to shoot. Go out there and look around and talk to you guys because everybody there is so gracious and I just want to thank you guys at this holiday season for the way you treat the people from this show, for everybody that comes out there. But we take to send people out there, and it means a lot to us and our credibility and our friendship with you, the way you, you guys treat people out there, Jr. And I just want to make sure we get that in. The other point I want to make before we move on is you talked about the new gun and learning it step by step. I made a comment earlier in the show today that if you're going to own a firearm, you have a responsibility to understand it, and to be proficient with it, if for nothing else, for safety's sake. And, yeah, I'm losing you, Terry. Uh, I, I, I talked about you owe, you owe it to yourself, if you're going to own a firearm, to really understand it and be proficient with it for safety's sake. Well, absolute, Terry. And, uh, you know, safety is job one, and it doesn't matter if you're driving a car or handling a firearm. And you do owe it to yourself, your family, everybody else, uh, and that's one of the beauties of Colorado Clays is, um, you know, of course, we all have our safety protocols in place, but we do have the most highly uh, educated and most proficient people in this field. And we're always glad to help people learn how to handle firearms safely and responsibly. And that's really what makes this whole um, operation here one of a kind is the fact that we focus so much on our safety, and we have the best people in the business. 
No, you're absolutely right. Before I let you go, Jr., you guys are also going to be out at the ISE show. Tell people a little bit what they'll find if they come out and talk to you there. Well, and thank you, Terry, for that. We are looking forward to another great show this year. And I encourage everyone to stop by the Colorado Place booth to say hi and get information or questions answered by Corey or myself. And whether it's directions to Colorado Clays, uh, questions about our rifle, pistol, or shotgun ranges, scheduling an event at Colorado Clays for friends, family, bachelors, bachelorettes, whatever, or even scheduling a corporate or fundraiser event of any size, um, you know, nobody does that like Colorado Clays, and we really look forward to helping everyone make their uh, 2020 trips to Colorado Clays the best ever. And finally, Terry, I think this one is for you. I really think you should walk down that uh, uh, aisle over there to the Colorado Clays booth and see just how good I look when I get dressed up for this show. Oh, my God. You know, here I was going to be nice to you for the whole time. Okay, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll make this promise. I'll walk down to see you if you promise not to sing. <laughs> Done deal. <laughs> All right, my friend. If people want more information, how do they find you? Terry, please give us a call, 303-659-7117, or go to our website, coloradoclays.com. And as always, if you want to see what we're about, take the virtual tour. It's all right there. And I will add, before I let JR go, that you won't find nicer people to deal with. These are quality people. They're enthusiastic about what they do, and they're going to treat you right. Even if you don't want to shoot right now, go out on the next couple days and just kick the tires. Look around, see the facility. You'll love the people. You'll love the place. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Terry. Have a great day. You bet. JR from Colorado Clays. Just go to coloradoclays.com. We're going to take a time out. When we come back, we're going to talk to another prominent bass angler, and uh, she's going to set me straight on women in the outdoors, on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Dire Straits. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Let's go right to the phones. And joining us is Amy Weingarten. Amy, I owe you an apology. Why is that? Well, I've been talking all day about having the advanced classes. We have the different classes and the general classes at ISE. And then I talked about the fact that we're going to have some special times to get women involved in the outdoors like... There aren't advanced women in the outdoors. And you certainly, you certainly, and I didn't mean it to come across that way, but I realized if it sounded that way to me, and you certainly, you're a, an angler and a hunter, a guide, accomplished tournament angler. We'll go through that in a minute. Um, certainly are an advanced. And then you stop and think who I'm married to, who's got like master angler awards from five different countries and outshoots me every time we go to the range who am I? <laughs> <laughs> You're forgiven. All right. But you know what, though? Sometimes women are more comfortable talking to another woman. And we've been evangelistic, Karen and I, about getting kids into the outdoors forever. And I know you're the same way. You work with Sam a lot on the Bass Club things. But also, um, a lot of times, a woman's perspective helps men learn things that sometimes we're a little stubborn to think about, too. Now, Amy, you've, if I, I could go through your resume, but we don't have time to talk to you then, but you've 
qualified, I think, for two national semis. You're the top female in Colorado. You've gone to nationals with Sam. You're, you're on Bass Pro Shops Pro Staff. So you're an incredibly accomplished angler. Let's talk a little bit about what you want to talk about when you do the ISE show here in a couple weeks. Um, you want me to talk about what I'm going to talk about at ISE? I'm sorry, you cut out a little oh, bit. Oh, I'm there. sorry. I don't know what. We se- seem to be having okay. some issues. But, yeah, you're going to be on okay. several days. You're going to be doing different things. Let's talk about the tank first. You're going to be on Saturday and Sunday. And uh, at the tank, it's uh, you're going to talk about five baits for Bassin. Is that right? Right. So Saturday, the 11th at 2.30, I'll be on the big um, tank there. And I'll be talking about five baits that bass will bite. And what I want to do in that um, demo is really, like, with all the options that angler has out there, and if they're just getting started into what's five baits that no matter what time of year is, um, should be pretty successful and how you can do slight variations to those baits or to the riggings to really increase your bait or your bite. I'm sorry. And um, just that I have, I have proven consistent for me. And if you're limited for what you can carry with you or where you're going, or if you're packing in somewhere, what you can, what you can carry and get, be effective with. Tell me, give us a hint. Just one of them. What's one of the baits you just uh, never want to uh, be a hula, without? A hula grub. I would be remiss if I did not talk about the hula grub. All right. And, you know, we all have our strength and our, our confidence bait. And when you get that right. confidence and fish it, it really helps you do the other stuff so much better, doesn't it? It, it does. Um, one of the things that I really have to, like, um, give my hat off to Sam is he would take me out and he would make me fish just one bait. That's all I could do, and I just had to fish it for hours on end and figure out how to make the fish bite it. And I really think that has contributed to to my ability. Well, if you ever get a chance, ask Sam, or maybe he's already told you, if I could only have one bait for bass, what it'll be, and he'll know immediately. And, and, <laughs> yeah, and, I'll do that. And, and then we'll use that as a trivia question in the next couple of weeks. So Okay. All right. Now, Sunday, you're going to be helping with the kids. Tell me about that. So I'm excited about Sunday because I've put together an interactive demo. I'll start out on the tank and then I'll come down and the kids will be invited to participate with me and I can show them how to do some hook set exercises where they practice at home setting the hook and so that they know what it feels like when a fish is on the line. Um, They're going to learn how to tie the polymer knot. I have some um, simulated fishing lures to use and some simulated fishing line for them to try and they can practice. Um, they're going to learn how to properly hold a fish, um, especially when they get their picture taken and how to release it. So I'm excited to work with the kids on Sunday. Helping kids and ladies getting into the outdoors is really a passion of mine. So I'm excited for Sunday. What do you think are one of the biggest mistakes people make when they're trying to get their kids into the outdoors? Um, I think it's trying to trying to do too much and trying to use too much, um, I don't know, high-tech gear or, you know, you can do a lot with just a little. Yeah, you can go get a little pu- little push-button rod and reel and, and take them out to a pond to catch a bluegill, right? Yeah, and you can, you know, a $30 reel works just as good um, as a $150 reel. I mean, I'm sure the <laughs> – my sponsor, I'm sure the – Anyway, let me just stop. <laughs> <laughs> hey, on Saturday, we're, you're going to be at our Experts Corner, which is uh, something new we added last year. So instead of a big audience, we get a couple. Um, we get a couple different. Uh, we get a, you sit at this little booth, 
and people get to come over and talk to you and um they get they get to more one on one or maybe three or four on one. You're doing one on Saturday at one o'clock, I believe, and it's called Hooked on Fishing for Ladies Only. Tell me about that. So that's where I really want to encourage ladies who are considering getting into it, or even if they're experienced anglers and they want to come up and just maybe we can sit and chat and talk about different perspectives. But for the ladies who are thinking about getting into it, what's the what's the basic gear they need to get started? And I can show them how to maybe tweak the rod handles and stuff so it fits their hand better because that's one thing I've really learned, um, especially doing the tournament fishing is, Boy, that rod handle's got to fit your hand well, or it's just not any fun to to feel something that's not comfortable. It's the same thing with shooting. You know, if the fit, if the gun fits you better, then you're more willing or more able to do it longer. So, um, we're gonna talk about things like that, and if they're interested in maybe how they could find a club or where they could go to get support and help them get out into the into the outdoors. You know, I, I think that's a great. I'm so glad you're doing that for a couple reasons. One is. I think there, first of all, there are many really accomplished women women outdoors. Karen, my wife and producer, used to do a series. We haven't done it for a few years called Women in the Outdoors. And we did that just to show women how they can excel. But I think the industry has really started to step up in the last five to eight years and started to make more equipment, whether it's bass fishing or fly fishing or shooting. There's so much more available for women, isn't there? There there is. And they've even started to come out with, clothing for uh, outdoor clothing for women that's got a more of a women's cut and fit which just um helps when you're you know trying to have functionality out in the outdoors and you're not wearing clothes that don't fit you well so you're right and i want to say i saw a statistic somewhere that women are about 10 percent of the hunting and fishing licenses out there now so well and growing quickly too and i'll tell you what guys you know you want you say you don't get to spend enough time on the water do like I do and get your, teach your wife to fish, or maybe she teaches me, I don't know, but she'll go with you, and, <laughs> and you can have a lot of fun, and uh, you get that more time in the water, and it becomes quality time, too, especially if you once in a while get to beat her, which doesn't happen very often with me. That's why people ask me, they say, why did you quit doing television? I said, because I can outfish Karen on the radio. But, <laughs> <laughs> hey, the last, the last thing on Saturday... Uh, you're going to do a thing called hook removal. Is that removing it from the fish or the fisherman? So it's both. So the one thing I'm, I'm going to do is people can come up and I'm going to have them practice taking the hook out of a simulated hand. With a, I'm going to teach them a couple techniques and they can come up and practice and try. Um, so it, if it does happen to them when they're out, they would be more confident to remove it from somebody's hand and get it out. And then another thing I want to talk about is hook removal out of a fish and when it might be the right time to just leave the hook in and how a fish can survive with a hook still in it. And those are, they, they seem like basic uh, things uh, to us that fish a lot. But boy, I tell you what, understanding that can be so good for the fishery and, and knowing how to get a hook out can save uh, uh, from uh, still having a pleasurable day on the water to having to a trip to the doctor. And I think that's really important. So, uh, I think the things you're going to be covering are really good, Amy, and I'm so glad to have the woman's present there. I'm sorry that I was not giving it pop, proper due earlier in the show. <laughs> oh, no, it's okay. And um, we just might remind people on the ISC show, the um, kids 15 and under are free. Yeah, absolutely right, and we're going to keep giving away tickets here and 
course, you and Sam will both be there. And you have, there's just so much yeah. to offer. People need to come more than one day, don't they? They do. And active duty military are free with ID. And there's just so much to see. So many great people are going to be there. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing all my friends. And then it's going to be a great time. One quick question. We know you're an accomplished angler, but you also hunt and guide. How's the upland game hunting been? It's been really great, especially with the snow that we're getting today. I'm going out tomorrow, and it is going to be phenomenal. It really makes a difference. Those birds are going to bunch up, and you're more quiet walking. really helps, doesn't it? A lot of people want to be out yeah. early, but sometimes when you get a snow like this, it's the best best hunting of the season. It is, and, the, and that fresh snow, and those birds land and warm that scent up, and it just makes great sunny conditions for my dogs. Yeah, it's, it's a great. I, you know, it's such a pleasure to have you on, and you're such an avid outdoor person. I look forward to spending more time with you at the International Sportsman's Exposition myself, Amy. So thanks for calling in. Thank you very much. Have a good day. All right, that's Amy Weingarten. Uh, you know, we're just going to have so much for everybody at the International Sportsman's Exposition. Now we're going to continue to book key guests to talk about different aspects of the show. If you want to know who we're booking... You might want to follow us at Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook, okay? And if you had been following us today, you would have had a chance to win a four-pack of tickets because of a trivia that Karen posted on our Facebook page at Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. You know, we, we do so much in conjunction. I'll take past columns from the Denver Post that I've written and bring them up in a timely manner, covering things like survival or checking the ice and, and we put so much on that Facebook page, but we don't try to overwhelm you. We only do maybe at the most a half a dozen posts a week. We're not going to give you five or 10 or 20 posts and fill up your, your, news, your news line with that. We want you to have timely things that are about this show that are in, in interest to an outdoor enthusiast. So that's what our Facebook page is about. So follow us on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Also, go to our YouTube channel. You know, we did two television shows over 22 seasons. One was called Angling Adventures. The other was Mountain States Fishing. And about half those shows were filmed right here in our backyard. So let's say you're getting ready to go ice fishing in Colorado now. There's a show where I go ice fishing at Dowdy Reservoir. There's a show there where I go ice fishing at um, North Michigan Reservoir. Uh, and I tell you how to check the early ice, and I show you some techniques, explain electronics. Um, there's one where we go fishing at, at Lake John where I show you how to use a lure to tease a fish in, watching them on the electronics and how they respond. And we have that same thing through the summer with on lakes right in your back door. And if you like to travel, if you like to go to destinations, we have destination fishing on our YouTube channel that go all the way from... Uh, Alaska, the Arctic Circle, down to Central America and across the United States. So don't don't forget to tune in. Oh, we're being joined. Nice of you to join us. Well, I figure you know uh, you're used to taking over and going over into my show, running over into my show. So the fact that I was a little bit late because of the uh, weather is you know apropos. Oh well. That- Thank you for thanking me for covering for you. Yes. Also, by the way, I enjoyed the uh, conversation about how you out, you outfish Karen on the radio because you're right. That's the only place it happens. Oh, geez. All right. I, I'm going to let you. I'm going to go and let you take over the one question: Raiders or Broncos? I think the Raiders are going to grab this one. Drew Lock going to play good. He's going to play well. He's I a good think player. he's the man, don't you? He is. I think he's. I, I think you would be foolish not to think that and go for somebody else right now. 
Yeah, he, he's their guy right now. All right. We'll let the Eagles take us to the top of the hour, and we come back. Dan Jacobs will be looking to tell us a little bit about sports if he knows anything on 104.3 The Fan.